The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. Kind of talking about the past couple of weeks, just a little bit of our community and where, we've, where we're coming from and where we're going, what that feels like, and uh, looking at Acts 2. So I'm going to read Acts 2 again today, and we're just going to poke around a couple things and, and look forward to really just eating, eating together and sharing a table afterwards. But uh, Acts 2 looks like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another in need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now this picture of this early church is coming out of a kind of a unique time as we looked at it. It was just a, this sort of explosion, this revival. All these people happened to be in Jerusalem. 3,000 plus got saved immediately, and then they kind of added to that number. And there's this culture forming here, what the church can look like. And I mentioned at this time, it's an incubation period for the church. So while the Acts 2 church, and I, I think I have this slide a little further down, the, the church in Acts is not perfect, but it's simply pursuing the right things. And so when we look at Acts 2, and we think, of it's, is, it, is it the perfect model? If we just do this, will it work out? It's, it's not that easy, but it's about pursuing the right things. And as a community, we've sort of felt like there's not a whole lot of else other places we need to look to to this, this passage. Gathering together, apostles teaching, breaking bread in homes, hospitality, sharing with one another. We looked at the word common last week, koinos, or for, for koinonia. It's a sharing life, it's sharing belongings, it's sharing community, it's sharing family together. And that, that God's shaping the church, it's forming the church during a time that it's all together, has a chance to be together, but it's going to go spread out into the world. We'll see that later on in Acts. The church breaks up, there's persecution, and these values, this culture, is, it helps what maintains the church for the next thousands of years, even to where we are today. So these practices uh, obviously seem very important, important to the church. And we're about a year in right now. I've been kind of looking back, and, and some of you guys have been here since that beginning, and uh, we really started a, probably a first this get-together late June last year. And it was sort of like, let's just get together. We just have to start this thing with a few people have been praying and talking. And we didn't have PowerPoint. Uh, we didn't have kids care. We didn't know how to really even turn on the lights in the building. It was an old building down the road. I mean, we didn't know how it worked. We just, let's just get together and start somewhere. And we kind of worked with that for a couple months. And probably somewhere, somewhere around September of this time, I was looking back at my notes, September, it was September 11th last year. I said, all right, let's just sort of start this, this rhythm a little more consistent consistently and I opened up the Bible to Genesis 1-1 in the beginning God and kind of leaned into that story in the beginning God which is really all of our story if you think of anywhere you're at in life who you are the things going on around you in the beginning God in the beginning God forms you in the beginning God uh, gave birth to the idea of you or your situation or your circumstance and so we in the beginning God for for kind of a while last year just letting this thing form up and I've said it before and I'll say it again when we talk about the the birth and growth of this community. I know some of you guys are just passing through and some are really invested, but it's this idea of, of letting God build the church, let this thing grow, come out of the soil, and as it grows, we care for it as it, as it grows, right? We do not build structures around the plant that we're not even sure it is yet. And so this past year, we've been able to watch what are some of the things that are growing out of this community? What are some of the values that are rising? What are some of the cultures that are forming? 
And culture is super important to any sort of organization or institution or structure. Culture will guide and lead in. We're big on culture and creating culture that takes time and it takes relationship and trust. And so that's why we didn't come in and still don't with a whole bunch of rules for the church to follow. Right? There's not a lot of written stuff like a mission, vision, strategy, all these statements that will define it. It's like we will define the church as we grow along. And so for the early church in Acts 2, I mean, they're coming into this thing brand new. There had been no other church before, but the apostles under the guidance of the Holy Spirit began to lead them in some of these practices that revolved around breaking bread in homes. It was, it was signs and wonders. It was miracles. It was continuing to gather temple cords. It was teaching. And out of that, that culture began to sort of dictate how the church would live, which becomes very beautiful and very important for you and I, right? We do, I don't have any sort of goals to sort of micromanage everyone and control this sort of church, but we create culture, the church will be, become what it needs to become. And culture is simply a shared way of doing something with passion. It's a shared way of doing something with passion. It's something that we care about that we're doing together. And for this case, we care about our faith. We care about God. We care about community. We do that together passionately. We do that together uh, with trust in sort of a family dynamic. Uh, the stronger the culture, the less corporate process a company needs. So as we grow this sort of thing, as we get an idea for who we are, it just will become, it begins to do, do certain things that you don't have to tell it to do, right? People will begin to open up their homes like they are. We'll begin to understand, like, if there's a potluck, we're bringing food to the potluck. If we're, if we're caring for orphans and widows, we begin to sort of do that easily. And so we're letting these things come up. And culture, as we kind of look at it here, it's not something we can just say, oh, this is our culture. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's even who people might say we are from the outside. When I work at the, the brewery a few days a week, uh, sometimes we'll have many, many as five or six different people on a shift. And there's a lot of stuff to do. There's busing tables. There's register. There's pouring. There's washing dishes. There's cleaning. All these things. And what's really fascinating about this sort of experiment there at, at, at Made West that, that Seth and, and uh, uh, his guys are kind of leading is that it, it is, is working. It doesn't have, you have to be told, like, now you're on dish duty. You see how dishes need to be washed. Someone ad, agile moves over there and takes care of that. If the register has too many people, someone moves over to that. And it becomes a really very beautiful picture of how we can care for another, one another in a system or sort of a family. As needs arise, we kind of move toward those needs, right? Families, they don't need to be told, told what your culture is. It's, it's developed. It's just born. You understand it, right? Families know the drill. When we get home from the beach, we kind of know. Go, go, go. Sand's here. Get this thing out of the, out of the truck. Uh, hose off the boards in the back. Wetsuits go here, right? You kind of know these sort of, these sort of rhythms. And families and tribes, they don't need to have a lot of infrastructure that way because they sort of understand how it works, right? Our family, when we sit down for dinner, is almost always just a pause because we're going to pray for the meal. It's part of our culture. It's just built into how we, uh, how we, how we live. And so as we work this thing here, and you'll notice we come in here, we get up going at like, you know, 4, 4, 15. It's not that we're starting late. We just believe that's part of the church, those, those four first 15, 20 minutes or, or, or a half hour is part of church. Church starts when the people come in and start hanging out. So we're not like, oh, no, it's getting late. Like, that's what we're doing. That's what we're here for as much as we're here for, for anything else. And we've learned some of that in some of our strength. There is a community feel being born here that's really exciting for us. When I have to, like, kind of yell at you guys to come sit down, that's awesome. Like, I'm really glad about that. You know, like I've said, we would be disappointed if people just sat here quietly and, like, stared at the front. 
We want to get together and connect with one another. And so this idea of hospitality, we'll just talk about this for a few, mo- few moments. And the new church was, was all hospitality because you had all these people from out of town, these strangers and foreigners, new to the faith, new to the culture, who needed to be cared for. And so the, the community rose up around them and sort of opened up homes and whatever spaces they had to care for one another. And we see a gift of hospitality, probably a mantle of hospitality over certain people, certainly in this community, but overall, the people feel welcome here. We want people to feel welcome here. The, the, the Greek word for hospitality um, is, is interesting because it's not just like being, you know, putting on candles so people are coming over, your friends are coming over, but it's a pursuer of hospitality. It's like, how can I open up my life in my space that people would feel, feel welcome around me or in, in my home? Uh, another rendition of hospitality in the Greek is pursuer of strangers, pursuer of strangers, which is a, which is a powerful meaning and, and one that's probably very difficult for most of us. Like, how many of you actually like to pursue strangers, right? Like, we avoid strangers. We're avoiders of strangers. Like, ah, I don't need any more strangers in my life. I have enough strangers in my life as is. But pursuer of the stranger, of the other. And this goes back to the Old Testament when we'd find a place for the, the sojourner and, the, and they would say the alien passing through. God's, God was big on hospitality from the beginning to create space for people, welcome for people that you don't know. And if, and if they don't know about you, you should go find them and make sure they, 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 they're invited in. And so the early church was practicing hospitality like all the time as these needs came up as families and people, remember, they had left from all parts of, all, all parts of the land to end up in, in Jerusalem for this festival, and they're all still there. And the people are rising up like, let's care for these people. Let's get some common meals going. Let's, let's pull our resources together. Let's get, let's get this guy's got some extra land. He's selling his land, so now we have some money. Let's buy some other land that people can live on. They're figuring this thing out on the fly. My wife's tremendous at hospitality. She lives for hospitality. It's a gift of hospitality. She, she's, she, 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 wants, she would die if people weren't over the home, our home like all the time. Like That's just how she exercises it. And people feel welcome in our home. If you've been to our, our home, I hope you've probably felt welcome there. She just exercises that well. I'm okay at hospitality. Like I get it because I, need, I believe we have to do it, and it's important. But it's not something that comes easily to me. Like, if, if I have an open night, like, let me just invite a bunch of people over. I think I can go to the movies by myself. Like, that's sort of my, my way. But the idea of opening up a home, getting on a table, breaking bread, is central, was central to the church at that time. And I believe it's something that's coming back today, as people are kind of just, they're not as interested in passing through some kind of service for an hour a week. There used to be a time when there was just enough guilt in the universe that people would go. But now, like, eh, I don't care. But if I can make some friends... If I could find a place of belonging, man, then we, have, then we have an opportunity for gospel. That's good news. God is a God of welcome. Jesus was calm. Bring the little ones. Bring the sick. Bring the women. Bring, bring everybody. Jesus was a person of welcome. And so as we look at our, our time this past year developing that, something we're going to continue to lean into as sort of a strength and just a calling. We can't do everything. No one can do everything. But, man, I think we can open up our homes and have dinner with people. And that sounds actually kind of fun, and it becomes a blessing. So if our mission, and, and this is sort of something that we just kind of this, I, I adopt as a mission of the church, and most people have a mission of this, of this way, however you call it. The mission is to go into all the world and make disciples, right? Jesus said that. We can make up all kinds of other ways to say the mission, creative ways, uncreative ways. Jesus kind of gave the mission. He said, hey, go in the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And discipleship is always preceded by belonging. Belonging precedes discipleship. There is no discipleship without belonging, without relationship. 
It's a great idea if we can just write books and tell people to read books and think that will be discipleship. It's not. It doesn't work that way. Belonging precedes discipleship. And so if our mission is one of discipleship, meaning how do we learn the ways of Jesus? How do we learn from one another the way Jesus walked? To create spaces for belonging. So we have to put a big table in the back. Uh, next week, we're going to have a baptism at someone's home and, and break bread together. You know, Thanksgiving, I was talking about with Roger, who mentioned last week, putting a bunch of tables on a lawn and just doing like a big family meal on the lawn together and inviting people into that. Because it's hard and lonely and scary sometimes out in the world. And I think the church, if anything, should be a place of love and of welcome. And this situation, how we've built it, doesn't always facilitate that. And so we have to look for other ways. Rose, and this is not a lot of relational welcome. It's me talking and you guys looking at me. Like, that's fine for a little while. But, man, it has to be more than that. It has to be more than that. I, uh, I grew up working for my dad. And then you guys know this sort of story. I grew up working for him for, for years when I was a young teenager. And uh, he was a tradesman and he ran an awning company. So big retractable canvas awnings, uh, commercial, residential, oceanfront. We grew up on the shore, New Jersey shore. And from an early age, he had brought me on board to learn the business, to learn the systems and the culture. And then he eventually started hiring some of our close, close friends, and they would come on board. We'd follow him around. We'd work together. We'd work together for years. And at some point, those of us, myself and our friends, just knew how to do it. Like, you just... You just begin to do it. You understand how to keep the van, what to say to people, how to clean up. I would show up at a job site with, with, with the guys, and like we didn't have to say anything. It just sort of went. Toolboxes here, unpack this here, talk to the customer, this goes, find the studs. Like it just went. There was, no, there was no rules to it. You didn't have to get out the list. You just knew how to live. And in the church, we've sort of forgotten some of those ways of how to live. And if we look at that Acts 2, some of the assets and attributes of that Acts 2, if we read, just read that again, they, they, they devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship. Now, fellowship in this phrase, it, it, it's, it's a lot of our Bibles will read, and to fellowship, to breaking, bed, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer, as if they're different things. It, really, in the Greek, fellowship is breaking of bread in prayer. Like you're saying, that's the fellowship. That's what we're devoting our, ourselves to. They're filled with all the many signs and wonders of the apostles. And I don't know about you, but I'd love to see a little more signs and wonders and be people filled with awe of God, right? I think we're kind of missing that sometimes. They say that they had everything in common. They shared their stuff. They sold their property. They, they, they broke bread in homes with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God, enjoying favor of all people, the Lord added to their number daily that day. And this, this idea of favor... So I love this. He, he talks about the church, and this, talks, this goes over a couple times in Acts. It, it talks about the same thing. He talks about the favor of all people, and the Greek word for favor here is, is hardest. And hardest is the same word for grace. They enjoy the grace of all people. And throughout the, the New Testament, they actually translate that word favor, as we see in here, about six times. The word's translated for grace 130 times, so it really is the idea of grace. These people enjoyed the this church community enjoyed the grace of all people, the grace of all people. And I feel like, man, that's right there for us. I would love that. You know, because I, I work at the brewery in different parts of town, and some people know what I do, and some people are learning, and it, and it tends to surprise people in certain in, instances. But when I tell them a pastor, like, it tends to change the conversation, but I would love if they were like, oh, man, I love pastors. I love the church. That's awesome, man. Church is awesome. Like, there's favor and grace toward that because of the way they lived. Who would have anything bad to say about that? They cared for one another. They had glad and sincere hearts. They broke bread in the homes. Anyone who had need, they took care of it. 
And then the, the outside world looked at them with favor and with grace. And it's sad to even think that the church needs grace, but we could use a little more grace in our life. The church can use a little more grace. We're always supposed to be the ones to dispense grace, but I think God said, hey, if you live this certain way, you might actually generate grace from other people and not align us with all the stuff they see on the news about the church. They did these things, and they had the people looked on them from the outside with favor. They looked at them with, with, with grace. They looked at them with grace. And I believe that has so much to do with the welcoming heart of this early church to care for this influx of people on the fly. What do we have to deal with today? What do we have to deal with next week? Oh, those guys aren't getting fed quick enough. We need to get more servers on that. And they just responded to the needs of the community. And I would love, I would love if, if we're here and we're staying at this, this place and wherever it may be, but man, people around here would look upon this campus with favor and with grace and with excitement and they would see signs and wonders and they would see common meals and they would see joy and praising Man, that would be a beautiful picture f- for the church. I, uh, yeah, I've just been blessed to think about this past year or so. And again, some of you have been here forever, and some are kind of onboarding more recently. And just had coffee with Nick beforehand, and um, you know, he'll be the first baptism of our community, and and hopefully the first of many. And man, I was just so feel just so grateful for that that God's allowed that story. And he's allowed himself to be part of it. And he's allowed me to be part of his story and you guys to be part of that story. And I believe that's just the beginning. That's just sort of the tip of this iceberg. And so we have, you know, things coming up and we're throwing things on the calendar and, and, and we're trying to stay focused on getting people the sense of friendship and belonging. And if you feel like you're missing out on that, man, just take the next step toward the next opportunity, stay for lunch, dinner afterwards, come to the women's dinner, get, get into a guy's group, and we want to be here for people. And I believe that, but like I said, belonging precedes discipleship. I think people can belong, and they can figure out God along the way. I mean, if they had a place where they felt welcome, belonging, that's a beautiful thing. I'm going to pray. We're going to have uh, Shay come back up, and, and Tommy, and just going to kind of lead some, leave some time for food. But... Um, Yeah, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And he's a good God and a beautiful God. And we were singing earlier, as well with my soul. And, and when we sing, it is well with my soul. It's a confession that is well with my soul. It is well with my soul because God is God. And if my soul is in his hands, my soul is well. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. It is well with my soul. And not be owned and dictated by all the stuff going on in your life or what's going on tomorrow or what's happening next week or next year or where your kids are going to go to college. But it is well with my soul now, and God has our soul. So, God, thank you for your, your work in our life. Thank you for this story of the early church. Uh, God, help us to lean into that, to understand what it looks like. Lord, help us to be a community that people would look at with favor and with grace. A, a community that people say, man, I want to be part of that. All right, pray for those in this, even this church room, this church right now, this community right now. I just feel lonely. God, comfort them. And you are a God of welcome, of hospitality. Or you pursue this stranger. Or we were all once far off, and you brought us in, God. So those people who feel lonely and hurt and lost, Lord, warm their hearts. And may this community wrap, wrap around them, Lord. In your name, amen. 
preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Again, that website address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.